Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Good morning. You are uh, listening to The Mystery of Parenthood, and we're going to start as we usually do before we get into this great topic. And Steph's here to even do it. So, Good morning. Good morning. Let's, let's start with our prayer in the name of the Father, oh, and the Son, and the Holy works. Spirit. Yeah. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, Grant that every family on earth may, may become, for each successive generation, a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray, Pray for, for us. May the Father, and the, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, happy all Souls Day today. We're recording. We're recording on All Souls Day. What's right? All, Sa- all Saints Day. All, all Saints, Saints Day. day. Sorry, it'll be, it will be Tomorrow's. happy. Also, see, I, I, yeah. I really didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you cover both. You cover both stuff. That's I mean, right. We have recorded on covered. All Saints and Happy All Souls when you hear us. All, co- all bases covered. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. I'm excited about uh, this topic because this is like hot off the press. It was just put into the public domain kind of over the weekend. <laughs> um, this was a. This is some some talks that you gave at uh, Aggie Awakening, like one thousand or well, something. What was it? One eighteen no, now. This, these talks were actually at John fifteen. Oh, excuse yes, me. Yes, yes, we were on the discernment panel. For, okay. for, for, for Aggie Awakening. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah, one eighteen. We talked it. Yeah, seventy two. We did the discernment talk for seventy two. Seventy two. Oh, so well, let me put my walker out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a long time. We still have that cross from with the AA seventy two. Oh, yeah. 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 So it sounds like it's longer ago than it really is because they do what two a year. Two a year. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Thaddeus. So yeah. Don't, don't t- put that put that walker away and just get the cane out. But it was a solid. 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. So, yes. uh, yes. we were so this little, is, these are some been, talks that you gave yeah, for, for John 15. So tell the listeners who may not be Aggies what John 15 is. So it's a group of um, freshmen that they are, um, they're brought in and put into small groups. It's a way to sort of, I think, invite them into the church, have some community immediately, have some community. Um, the older kids become the group leaders, which I know some of our children have um, had the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah. And, and of course, John 15 has right. to do with, with, at least for me, I mean, it's actually in my office. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Um, if I abide in you and you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing, which is John 15, 5. Um, I don't even think that's the catechism version. I think that's actually... That's pretty good. Pretty, pretty, <laughs> that's pretty good. But, um, but, the, but the whole thing is about being connected to Christ and then in community with each other and with the purpose of bearing fruit. And so they put together these talks and they had us come in and, and, and this year I think they broke them up into guys and gals. Mm-hmm. And so I think Stephanie had a bigger crew than I did, but, but it was kind of cool for us to be simultaneously doing the talk. And I haven't heard her talk and she hadn't heard mine. So uh, you're just going to be listening. You ever to- wonder, <laughs> this is a little bit offbeat, but do you ever wonder if, you know, St. Luke, he had two two Bible books that he wrote. Right. St. John, he has a gospel and revelation and two, le- two three, letters. Three letters. Three letters. Excuse me. Three letters. <laughs> Do you ever think that one of them, you know, in heaven, they ever talk about, well, I mean, I got more books into the Bible <laughs> than you did. And then St. Paul comes along and says, well, I mean, pretty much blew all of y'all out of the water. 
I might have even written <laughs> Hebrews. <laughs> they don't, they'll find out uh, at the end of time. All big reveal at the end. Well, actually, you know, it's funny as you bring that up. Is it is that we're the, the idea of of virtue, at least as I you know talked about, has to do with kind of the perfection of not not just moral perfection, which is kind of typically what's thought of, like choosing the good uh, as the true good, you know, um, first and foremost, but there's also a sense in which it's to become like to function at, at its best, to become what you were created to mm-hmm. be, mm-hmm. um, which I think kind of speaks to that. So if, if, if St. Paul was supposed to write that many books and that's what he did, that's what he did. But there are also some apostles that don't have a Bible. They don't have a, 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 my patron saying he's just one t- tiny letter, one short letter. Letter of Jude. Of Jude. So, yeah. and then there's others that don't, you know, Thomas doesn't have one. Right. I mean, there, there are multiples that don't. And so I think it speaks to the fact that virtue has to do with we're unique and unrepeatable. And because we're unique and unrepeatable, God has a particular call in our lives. And that may be for you to be the superstar, you know, and in front of people all the time or the one that, or, or the one that just fades out and nobody really knows, but you, you, are grace. I think that's going to be probably part of the coolest part of heaven are the, the the saints that are maybe even higher than you might think and you don't even know who they are because they're they're exactly who right. God created them to be. That's interesting because that ties into the idea of the temperaments too, you know, that each of us has that mix of temperaments right. that is about our nature and what what kind of what we're supposed to supposed to be and how we're supposed to contribute to the body of Christ. So that, but virtue, that's what we're going to be talking about today. You you all did talks for John 15, for virtue for women, mm-hmm. and virtue mm-hmm. as it applies to being lived out for men. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then did you all do a crossover? No. No. Okay. no. We no. just did them no. completely we just, separate. We yeah. didn't even talk before, and, and we still haven't talked about okay, this. Okay, so, so we're going to get... Y'all are going to be listening. Juicy. Y'all are going to be it's listening. It's going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? No. <laughs> you stole that from me. I know. I was just thinking as he's talking, I said... That's what I said. I told them they were unique and unrepeatable. Well, again, you can't use that. <laughs> that's my line. That's a, that's a, yeah, it's been used a few times by a few other people. But yeah. uh, but anyway, so I just, like I said, I think it's it's one of the things that we need to, and I think it's helpful in families to, to let kids know that, you know, there's some that may be called to be, the, the, you know, great at this. And that doesn't mean that all of the children in the family are called to be great at that. Right. In fact, they might. They many of them may be very bad at that, and then have something else to do. So that I think, as a parent, you need to be kind of teaching your children that they are unique and unrepeatable. And even if they look up to a brother or a sister and say, "Oh, I wish I could do that," but then it, as a parent, you realize they're probably not very gifted at that. Even if they worked at it, it might not be the best. To tell them that part of the part of directing them is, oh, you might, that you, I think you might be really good at this, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and point them in that direction, because I think sometimes in the world there's like there's this level, you know, there there's the Nick Sabans of college football or who may, you know, the John Paul the Seconds, the the great you know that are that level and you think that everybody's called to that level we're we're not we're called to the same level of holiness but what that looks like with our gifts and our talents and our abilities is going to look different but it's no less something that God wants for us right right and that's that's kind of where I went with my unique and unrepeatable part was that if you're um, and I always kind of try to tie in our our social media. Um, curses, <laughs> you know, that, you know, telling, telling the girls, please don't be lo- always looking in your social media mirror, you know, um, that right. that's not where you're going to find <laughs> your, your probably highest calling, um, nor are you going to, you know, um, uh, I mean, it's, it's all beautiful, fun stuff and, and we all can get lost in it and use it. But, um, but if, um, if that's what you're using as your measuring stick, um, you know, you're definitely going to be, um, falling short. And, and I think that that just, it, that social media mirror just fosters comparisons. And, um, and so then you're missing 
being the best version of who God wanted you to be in this world. And if that is happening, the mission and impact that you were supposed to have on this world will never happen ever. I mean, yeah, what an apropos thing for recording on all saints. I mean, that's what the saints are. They are exemplars of becoming the best person. Best version right. of yourself, right? And right. I think I think a professor. I think maybe he was built up off of not Pope Benedict at the time, but he was talking about how this world needs saints. And what he what what I remember him saying about that, and talking maybe about what um, Cardinal Ratzinger had written with regard to the need for saints. And that's really how God changes changes the world is is, is saints is that they. Unlike what happens, they they become uniquely themselves. They're 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 not they're not like everybody else. The more you become holy, the more united you become with Christ. The more you allow His grace to work in your lives. The more that you become who you were created to be. The less like anybody else you are. <laughs> I mean that. And if you just look at the saints, I mean Mother Teresa, John John Paul II. Uh, there's so Saint Teresa yeah. Lisieux. They're all yeah. so different. Well, and that was one of the things that I encouraged the girls as a practical tip. And I, I mean, it's it's an encouragement for all of us um, is to really delve into the lives of the saints. Like you know, they weren't born and put on a holy card. <laughs> right. You know, they went through a lot of struggles. Most of them. Um, yeah. And so you know, that's what I I, I kind of. In, in preparing this talk, I, I thought, you know, for so long, I've known like a little bit about a, a lot of saints. And it just seems like in the last few years, I've really been blessed to delve into some books that have really got into the the, the meat and potatoes of their lives. And I mean, we need them. I mean, that's who you want accompanying you. Right. That's who you want your, 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 uh, you know, your, your standard to be is, um, is to see that they struggled, but they persevered and, um, you know, and it, it's just beautiful. And that's, you know, that's who we want to, to try to emulate and try to copy um, is, you know, is to really, really, you know, pick a saint and really delve into their life, like really, see that they were, you know, spitfires or they were, you know, right. I mean, one of the, one of the, um, I mean, <laughs> someone describing St. Saint, uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta as, as a force to be reckoned with, <laughs> right? you know, um, somebody described St. Therese of Zosu as having formidable resolve. Well, I'm telling you the, the little I knew about St. Therese before I really delved into her life, I would not have thought of those adjectives to describe her, but she was, I mean, you know, 14 years old and she's banging on the Pope's door saying, I want to be in a monastery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, and that's, and that's, I think it's important to look at that because that's the reason that the church gives us that. I always think of, and I believe it was St. Augustine who, as he went through his conversion, when he would look at, he would say, well, if God can make that person into a saint, I'm not law. I, he can make me into a saint, you know. Right, and the right. only reason, if you just focus on their sanctity and their and their holy card and how great they look, but don't know the whole story, you know, like the old uh, who's the guy that now <laughs> that's that's the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to have the rest of the story. Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's showing how old I am. So for all you really old people out there, <laughs> Paul Harvey. But the rest of the story is what. Is where you, I think, have a greater devotion because you're like, oh, I can see myself in that or I can recognize. Well, it's hope. It gives you, you know, hope. I think that, you know, we kind of look on the surface, like you said, of all these saints and think, well, I, I mean, can never, I, I can't do that. You know? Right. Um, but, yeah, you know. It's, so, it's, so as, as I mean, we always did. My Steph was always really good, particularly with the kids, but. Like what? What book? Like what are those books that we had? That oh the, yeah. Well, the Encounter of the Saints series are great for kids. Um, but I mean, I'm talking about for parents to really. Right. I mean, I mean, I you know I can't tell you how long the story of the soul has been on my coffee table, and I've you know finally trying to chew on it. It's a it's a big one. <laughs> right. But it's it's awesome. And then I've been reading some other books around around that that have, have pulled out quotes and stuff from from that book and. I mean, it's just, like I said, for parents to get, um, you know, to to get some really good books on saints, it's just, um, it's it's really life changing and and hope inspiring, you know, because again, you can, you can kind of see that. I'm not going to be able to remember this saint's name, and I think he may only be a 
blessed or maybe a servant of God only. (laughs) (laughs) But there is an Italian saint from the 19th century who spent much of his life as a Satanist. Oh, wow. And had a conversion to Catholicism and then lived such a life of virtue that he was made a either a blessed or a servant of God. Wow. So, I mean, that's, that's what Trey is talking about there when you hear about, oh, okay, so maybe well, God, the story is not completely written. God, that's right. You can pick up things. I was just, I was reading this morning, uh, which is no small undertaking either, but it's, it's Ralph Martin's book on um, the fulfillment of all desire, but he's pulling from some of my favorite saints. But one of the things that, you know, John of the Cross um, from from the maybe his biography or auto, not an autobiography because somebody's recounting this that that he's on his deathbed he's about to die and everybody's saying well John you know you you've done so many great things and going through and this is you did this and helped change this and and going through and he said everybody stop he goes that's not what we should be focusing on right now you know he he said he goes on and says. I want to be saved by the only thing with which I can be saved, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. So let's focus on that, not on any of the things that I've done, because I'm not counting on those things to get me into heaven, which I think is a good thing, because I think a lot of Catholics, myself, can focus on, oh, I did this, I did that, I did whatever. And one of the greatest spiritual doctors of the church, John of the Cross, as on his deathbed says, no, <laughs> forget all that I've done. The only thing I want to be saved by is by the blood of Jesus. Mm. And anyway, I think that's a... You know. Yeah, I got it here. It's Blessed Bartolo Longo, who oh. was beatified by St. Pope John Paul II. Wow. Uh, right. And he it, was called... Pope John Paul called him the Apostle of the Rosary. Well, see, and, and so John Paul II canonized so many saints, and the reason he did, he was like, we need people that we can look to and be encouraged by to know that God's grace is more than sufficient to convert us, to change us. His mercy is more than enough to overcome anything. There's nothing that can separate us from God's love that can't be overcome by what what Christ accomplished on the on the cross. And and I think that that's exactly why he put out so many. And that's why he struggled. I mean, he worked very hard to try to make sure that there were there was actually married found married saints, you know, I mean, actually that there were, um, a couple. And I think soon after, or maybe at the end or soon after he died, then that, uh, Teresa Lassou's parents were Mm -hmm. beatified, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, anyway, but, but they were as a, as a couple, not, Mm -hmm. not, not as individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, so not just to be married and you can be a saint, which is good to know, (laughs) but, but also to be saints as a couple, so to speak. So, I mean, well, I know that I'm sanctifying Robin every single day <laughs> by what she has to put up with. You're doing your part. Yeah. What she has to put up with. I mean, uh, know the same thing. Ooh. So, uh, well, and I think did you? Um, I forgot my catechism, but I started, and I think you started with the same thing. Um, with um, the just the definition of what. Um, a virtuous life is. Did you did you well, have that? I mean, on the, the definition of virtue. Or virtue. I don't know. Yeah, virtue. Sorry. The habitual and firm disposition to do the good mm-hmm. is the typical. Right. So, habitual meaning it's something right. that you choose habit. over and over. And right. It becomes a habit, right. and and that it's a firm disposition. Meaning, I, I mean, I'm committed to <laughs> disposed right. to doing this. You know, and that starts in uh, the Catechism 1803, and then there's a great. It's so interesting that. We ended up doing this talk because um, when uh, when the little president of uh, of John fifteen uh, reached out to me, it, I, I was I went back to my notebook because I had I, I virtues had just been on my heart several months ago, right. and I had gone started like you know kind of making kind of making a list of you know what are the virtues what you know we hear these words all temperance prudence you know those kind of things all the time what do they really mean like you know they've got these great fancy definitions but you know and so for myself I know I went through and kind of made some words that made sense to me you know that that spoke to me you know in in these virtues but um but yeah there's a beautiful section um on, on virtue starting in 1803 and then you know it goes through and does the theological virtues and and 
uh, seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and the 12 fruits of the Spirit. And, you know, and And I think those are great. um, Those are great words to be using with our children, you know, Um, try to use those virtuous words. I mean, you know, um, that was you were you just were so kind to your sister or um, I like how you were so gentle with your baby brother. I mean, you know, just using those words with your kids are planting, you know, those little seeds um, right. you know, of, of, of living, uh, a virtuous, virtuous life. I mean, ultimately our virtuous life is to be like God and. Um, right. And so, and, and so I was uh, kind of what I talked about was that there, that, that ultimately, cause it was, it's virtues and the love of God. And so, and so I started with the theological virtues and said, you know, those are all gifts. I mean, those are all something that we receive. They're not something we cultivate. It's not something that we work on. It's not something that we, it's something that we. Um, open ourselves up to receive that we that we continually ask for. Like if you pray a rosary, I mean, typically you're asking for an increase in faith, an increase in hope, and an increase in love or charity because those are those are gifts. And then I asked them, well, so what? You know, what? Why would Paul say that the, of the three, love is the greatest in First Corinthians thirteen, which is what's most of them? And I remember having this question in my mind: Why is it the greatest? And it was it was kind of cool because there were several that figured figured it out. It, I I remember having to read and figure it out. But if you're in heaven, when you get to heaven, if that's the goal at the end of life, if you're in heaven, you are in front of love itself. You don't no longer need faith, and you no longer need hope because you've actually entered into what you had faith for that you trusted in. <laughs> Uh, in and that hope that the thing that you were longing for you now have and therefore love is eternal um and then so those are those gifts but there are those that we pray for but that we also um they unfold in real life you know the the cardinal virtues kind of the ones that uh, all hinge on which is you know prudence temperance um fortitude fortitude and justice you know, and those have to do with those by themselves have to either dealing with circumstances or with people and, and yourself and the interaction of, of those things. And, and that that was like, those are things you need to pray for, but you need to recognize that those are typically called upon by God through the circumstances in which you find yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and through the things that you recognize as you look as lacking and that God is the one that is going to help you attain those things. It's God's grace that can do it. But right, right. so anyway. Um, well, and I just talked about obviously the first and foremost, you know, no shocker. Uh, the way that we're going to live a virtuous life is to, to be in relationship with Jesus. Uh, you know, right. like you can't, um, you know, apart from him, you can do nothing. And so, um, you know, if, if we're just going to Jesus when we need something, uh, you know, it's like, do you have that friend that you're like, wait, we really don't have a relationship. Like you come and ask me for stuff all the time, <laughs> right. you know, that's not a real relationship. And so to be in that, um, that, that deep relationship with Jesus, cause he'll show you, he, you know, he, the Holy spirit, one of them will show you what you need to be working on. And apart from him, we can absolutely do nothing. And I, you know, I shared with them um, just, yeah, just recently, I call it my weary story. Um, my, my mother came to live with us in December. She has dementia and she was basically a hostage in an assisted living facility. And um, we hadn't been able to go in and she really hadn't been able to come out. And we, we didn't realize really how much she had kind of gone downhill. And, um, and so she came, she came to live with us and it was, it was hard. I mean, you know, (laughs) said we had six kids, number four was four five and six, (laughs) you know, triplets. And I'm going to tell you, I think, you know, trying to care for my mother in our home and maintain our, you know, family traditions and routine. And even though kids are out of the house, you know, was, uh, you know, our, our, our marriage, I mean, it, it was just, it was hard on, on a lot of different levels. And I just remember she and I, we finally kind of got in a good schedule of, of getting up and at least if she wasn't doing devotionals or, you know, quite, she was quiet. So I, we could have quiet quote our, our morning time with Jesus. 
And, um, but this one particular morning I got up and she had, um, she actually slept in like really late. And so I got this really long extended period of time that I got to be, you know, by myself and in, in quiet time with Jesus. And, and I just remember like sinking into that chair, just kind of sinking into that time with him, just like, God, I'm so tired. I'm so weary, like weary was the word that just kept coming to mind. So, you know, good old Google, you get on your phone and you Google, you know, Bible study, Bible verses and weary. (laughs) (laughs) And as Google so aptly provides, of course, uh, I got, uh, I got Matthew. um, The first one that came up was Matthew 11, 28 through um, 30, which we've all heard a million times. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so I just kept reading this verse like over and over and over again. And gentle, meek or gentle and humble of heart kept like just screaming at me. And so, um, and I'm the kind of person that if I'm trying to work on something, I need a mantra, I need a, I need a verse, I need a, a, a quote, I need something I can kind of, kind of hold on to, <laughs> right. you know, all day. And so every time I would get frustrated with her or, um, or with myself, you know, it's like, I just felt Jesus saying, be gentle, be gentle with yourself, be gentle with her, be meek. Look, if I can go through the passion and not say a word and not, you know, get mad at people, you can go through your day and be okay. Um, and so it was, it was beautiful. I mean, it was just like this great time. I, that, you know, I had this great verse I was holding on to. And, um, and the next day, I had also simultaneously, I, I've been doing this book that a friend gave me called um, 100 Days with Jesus. And it's basically all of his names kind of extrapolated from the Bible, um, different names. And so, um, and I, I, it's really random how I do it. It's in alphabetical order. And I just kind of, sometimes I'll spend two or three days with a word. Sometimes I'll spend one day with the word and move on to the next one, you know, whatever. Um, and so that next morning, when I woke up and I was having my quiet time, I decided to turn the page. Well, I'll give you all one guess what the word was. <laughs> I was in the G's. <laughs> Gentle. And, I, you know, that for me, you know, it's like, I, I, that's not a coincidence. Like, I don't believe in coincidences. Like, that is just a God incidence of him just winking at me saying, okay, I hear you. I know you're trying to work on this and I'm there. I'm right there with you. And we're going to get through this and good job. <laughs> you know, just right. keep trying to be, you know, keep trying to be gentle and just keep calling on me. <laughs> Come to me, you know. That's beautiful because I think I think that's the way and that 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 really is the way that at least that I've seen God operate in multiple lives and even if you look is that that circumstances and people with whom you interact with regularly and things that you're struggling with are always there they are always things that are things that God's capable of using and wants to use. Like, I think it's a good prayer to say. So if you don't know what it is, Lord, I mean, why does this keep popping up? Or why does this word keep coming to my head? Or why, or, you know, what, what, what do you want me to work on? Um, Or I surrender to whatever it is. Just, just show me and help me to do. I mean, those are, those are all, good prayers but it's it's that sense of okay i'm i'm in this particular circumstance with this particular person and there's something that god because he's provident he's has providence he's in charge of it all he's going to use that relationship with that person that circumstance to actually reveal something about himself and and it helped to change you and and make you feel what he wants you to know that, okay, he's there in that. Yeah. I love, we ran into a friend after church yesterday and um, I don't know how we, I don't remember exactly what context we were talking about, but I used the word crisis and she goes, Oh, 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 I don't use that word anymore. I use invitation. Like that is an (laughs) invitation from God to enter into and say, what, you know, what do you have for me here? What am I supposed to learn? What are you trying to show me like right. about yourself, about me? <laughs> and I was like, I like that. An invitation. <laughs> I like that. I'm not sure I'm ready to go there yet, but I, I like the idea. But, 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 that's, but, but, but very, I like that's the, an extreme yes. 180 degree. Yes. Right. And, and that's, yes. 
And that's and that really is what it is because if we if we have the you know Catholic glasses through which to look at life, we have to see that always where we are, whether we've done it, you know, we've put ourselves in that position or whatever it is, no matter what it is, God always knew that was happening and he can always step into a situation, just invite him into it and that that in almost all cases an invitation is exactly what's happening. It's a, okay, now you recognize where you are. This is what you're struggling with. Say yes to it, to the cross. Say yes to the joy. Say yes to whatever it is and say, okay, th- at this point in time, I'm going to just say yes to where I find myself and embrace the moment. I, I talk about this because I it, it, it'll bother my daughter that I tell this story, but but part of the part of part of one of the things that 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 I find um, amazing about great coaches, and I've and I hear lots of people do it, is that they they talk about really focusing on the next thing, like whatever the whatever you just happened, you know, you can learn from it real quickly, but then you got to put it aside, and you can't think about what's happening. Later, I mean, like down the road, you can't worry about anything, but what am I supposed to do at this moment at this time? And football breaks itself down that way. And so I was telling my daughter that who had who had missed a, a, a penalty kick in a, in a game mm. and and it really disturbed her. And it was they'd actually chosen mm. her to kick it because she's usually very good at it. And mm. she missed it. And a bunch of things had happened. And she missed it, and I remember asking her when she got home. I'm like, well, "What were you thinking about, like, mm. what before, before that?" And she was. Talking. Did you say it that way? Did you say, "What were you thinking?" <laughs> but basically, I did. <laughs> like, she might have, you know, you know taken it a, a little different way. I said, well, like, what, what was going through your mind when right before you that happened? And she said, "Well, I was thinking about like." what would happen if I made it and what would happen if I didn't make it Ooh. and, and how would that impact the game's outcome? And I'm like, I'm like, I mean, you can't, you have to think about what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I mean, you have to think about that, the, the results and all that stuff are all secondary. And as I was thinking about it, you know, God's the eternal now, <laughs> you know, he, he sees everything at once. Yep. Yep. That's what eternity means, and I and I and I told her this is definitely catechism. I don't think it's in the catechism. I'm not even sure it's right, but <laughs> but I like for this. I was like, where can you meet God more perfectly than in now, like in in the moment that you're in at this moment? Th- that's what we need to focus on, like right now, like right now, <laughs> like now. Yeah, you like keep doing now. now exactly now. <laughs> But but I think but I do think there's some there is some something to that that w- we can get caught up in the past, and that's why <laughs> confession confession is here and that trying to get that idea to let it go and we can also get caught up in our fears or like if we just get to that place everything will be fine. The older I get, the more I realize that's the what's a waste. I mean mm-hmm. you you. Can, you don't even know that that's going to happen. So why even waste the energy on it? Yeah. Yeah. This is exactly what happened this afternoon before y'all came over here to record. I went to mass at noon for all saints day and we're getting out of mass and Robin has to go to the bathroom. And so I've got the whole, you know, crew trying to get into the car and, I was worried about, I was thinking about what I was consumed with was that I had, you know, this appointment that right. I was running late for, and then y'all were going to be coming. And then I had another recording. And so I'm thinking about the future of my day and I'm getting agitated and more agitated. And then there's a kid smacks his head into the door. And then <laughs> another kid starts screaming because Robin had, you know, nature called. And so excuse her. And <laughs> the whole thing is just melting down in front of me and I'm just getting more and more upset. And my point of this is that the reason I was getting upset was because I was thinking about the future and when I had to be a, you know, productive member of society or to my job, you know, the responsibilities of my job. Right. And I wasn't being in the moment of being a father and setting a good example and taking care of and looking to the 
Well, that's never happened to me, so I mean, I don't really know how to respond to that. But that's exactly exactly why I didn't handle all those challenges, those parental challenges well, is because I wasn't being in the moment of being a parent right then. Right. And and that's, well, I do know what you're saying, because that happens all the time with me. I'm, I'm being extraordinarily facetious. It's one thing to know something. It's another thing to apply it, you know. I know that that's accurate. Right. If it was that easy, then everybody would be Nick Saban. Somehow he's been able to communicate right. to himself. They're not. I mean, even if you know the facts, like this is, if you could do this every moment of every day and just live sure. the moment, believe me, I things know, would be fine. I know I should <laughs> let my wife finish her thought when she's saying something to me and not get exaggerated. I know that, but applying it is it's very a, different. Exactly. So, but anyway. You just identified a few virtues you need to work on. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's what somebody said. They said, yeah, if you don't know, you know, if you don't know what you need to work on, you can, you know, you can pray about it and, you know, the Holy Spirit definitely will, will come through on that. Or you can ask a friend. I was like, ooh, that might be kind of, yeah. hope you have a, a friend that can gently <laughs> tell you in truth and love. What were you thinking? What, you, <laughs> what were you thinking? What were you thinking? But, but I do, but I do think that that's, that's, that is part of, and I think I, I remember hearing people talk about like St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, that when, mm. when you were with her, people that knew her, I mean, i never was, I would love to have been, but I have heard multiple people say when, when she was talking to you, Yep. You felt like you were the only person on the planet. Like mm-hmm. she, she, she wasn't looking at her watch. She wasn't like looking behind you. Like oh, <laughs> oh, hey, how are you? As in the middle of a comedy. Well, I wish you know, I could do that know? better for my children. I mean, Gosh, I know me I don't too. Do that for them. I mean, that's something to work. I know I don't do yeah. it. I think it's. I, I think that's yeah. that is what the challenge is. But I do think that it's it, it is a challenge for me and something I need to focus on. But I mean that's everything like in the moment you know like brother lawrence of the resurrection who wrote you know practice of the presence of god or actually a bunch of letters that have been accumulated and called the practice of the presence of god that's kind of what he did you know like okay i'm, I'm going to enter into this offer it and then be really good doing what i'm supposed to be doing at that moment and then when i finish it come back thank you lord for that and then move on to the next but I know I've got a list over there and it's going on in my head right now of all the things I've got to do and all the different things and what am I forgetting and all, you know, and then, you know, all of this begins to start eating into like your focus mm-hmm. and, and it also, like you said, will get you, will get me agitated, you know, like I don't have time for this or get me scared. I don't have time for this. Well, last thing and then I'll stop on this and let y'all make a comment. One of the ones that I found is the, is the surrender novena, which I don't even know who it's by, but, but I love it because while I'm still trying to ask the Lord, like, how does this apply? The surrender novena always ends with, you know, I surrender all of myself to you, all that I, all I have to do to you. I surrender this to you. You take care of it. To, to Jesus. And and yeah. I have found when you do pray that it happens. I and mean, I was like, but how do you do that? Because there's things I know I have to do. I mean, I, 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 I'd love for you to type my email, <laughs> but, <laughs> but how do I do that? And that's, that's something that's working on in my life right now. Yep. But I do like when I start getting tense. Okay, you take care of it. Well, I'm, I'm surrendering this to you. You take care of it. And then there is something about that kind of lets you, feels like it's going off of your, you know, off and you're still know you got to do it. Right. But But then you just, and then you just do the next thing, you know? Right. I mean, I I think that's like you said, where we kind of get, we kind of get hooked up is that we start looking at the big picture. I mean, I know like for my prayer time, you know, I have to have a pad next to my, I've got a pad next to my prayer time because when something comes into my head, I wish I could say, Oh, just let this go. And you, but then I know I won't remember it later. So it helps me to focus more if I've got that pad and I just jot it down, then I can truly let it go right. until when I need to deal with it, you know, right. um, later. And I, and I'm not, you know, worried, like still praying, but worrying that, okay, my, I'm going to forget that if I don't, you know, if I don't do it right now or if I don't, you know, um, so that, that really, um, 
that really is is something that that helps me to be less distracted in you know in my in my prayer time. Um, but I, I think then also um, we just kind of went through um, just some practical tips. Um, you know, again, just meeting Jesus every day. Decide for yourself what is the best time of day for you. Is it you know, do you have a break between, you know, um, work or kids' schedules or whatnot that's that's better for you than, um, you know, in the morning? I mean, when I was a mom of small kids, mornings were mornings were hard to, you know, to get up before them and to, you know, so just to find that that time of day and schedule it in. You know, um, we heard uh, a, a great um talk by Jenny Lynn, uh, that one of the campus ministers here at the, at Aggie awakening, she was talking about discernment and she said for prayer, like she literally looks at her day because you know, our days are different. Right. I mean, there's some days that we can get up and we can take an hour in the morning and maybe, and, 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 you know, but then another day we, I mean, we have to hit the road running. And so she literally looks at her day and schedules prayer time and, and then everything else goes around, you know, everything else is around it. So it may be that, you know, two or three days, your prayer time would be different than another two or three days. I just think that's setting yourself up for success. You know, besides, you know, what I tell the girls is just pick one virtue. Like, don't, if you start saying, okay, well, I need to work on, you know, this, well, this, yeah. This, yeah. Oh my well, goodness. Then, well, by, you yeah, know, these yeah, start like getting the Bible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, like reading I'm, Bible in a year. You know, you get it to the, into numbers and Deuteronomy and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but I, know, so. one of the things that I, that I talked about, which I think is important in terms of meeting Jesus is that obviously prayer time is that, but the, but the seeing him in the people we meet and at work in the circumstances in which we find ourselves, because virtue is virtue again, is that, that habitual and firm disposition to do the good. Well, the doing the good. So, one of our one of the my mantras that has been a mantra of mine forever is trust God, do good, and then He will act. Um, from Psalm thirty seven three through five, and it won't get into the story on that, but but I think that there's really that you trust that God's in charge. You trust that God knows where you are and what you're doing and what you're struggling with and all that kind of stuff, and then you ask Him to help you discern or or to understand what's the best good that I can be doing in this moment. And that could be, I need to write this person an email. It could be, I need to write a note to a friend. It could be something very small, but then just do that good and then trust that somehow he's going to act in and through that. And I think that when we, when we recognize that most of what I see from the gospels is built on we miss Jesus most of the time. We miss him. And the great saints, Mother Teresa, you know, always see my mom, I'm not saying I hope she's a saint, but 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 I know she used to always say, you know, because she was a big hugger of people she didn't know. And she always made people feel comfortable. And they're like, I don't let people I know hug me. And I let her <laughs> hug me. And 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 those type of things, and I used to ask her like, how, why? I mean, she goes, because I I really do I see Jesus in them, whether I know them or not, whether I like them or not. And it, she was a big fan of Teresa of Lisieux. She was also a big fan of of uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And I think that there's that challenge to if you look at Matthew 25. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink, et cetera, et cetera. Or when you look at Jesus coming back to his hometown when he's kind of on the Messiah tour, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, okay, I mean, whenever like everybody's like, oh, he's coming and they and they kind of respond to him like, yeah, I mean, what? I mean, I know you because he grew up. He just was doing the ordinary stuff. We miss him or all the people who walk by the the stable or where he was lying in a manger that were, that were missed. We miss him often. So to have the, the prayer of, I, I want to see you in the people that I come in contact with so that I may respond in a way that would do you honor by, by that. That's, I think that's part of it to recognize that the everyday stuff is not mundane. If we have the eyes of faith to see it. That, that maybe your child, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, that's, that's, I think so that, that just the most difficult, it's very difficult, it, you know, thing, because you just, you, you get, 
it's so rote, you know, and it's so it's so habitual, <laughs> right? you know, and I think that, you know, probably deep down, if we all, you know, had to had to confess, we'd all love to be the, you know, let me hold up the staff and part the Red Sea thing, you know. And so this just looks like, OK, this can't be important, right. you know, um, but yet we miss the opportunity to make it important. <laughs> we miss the opportunity to, you know, sit there while you're, you know, folding Mount Neverrest and say a prayer for someone, you know, um, or, or, you know, say a rosary. I could probably do several rosaries with the mountain of clothes we right. used to have, you know. So, I mean, it's just, it is the, those, I think, the little things that we don't give credit to in our life that we miss huge opportunities for holiness. And, and yet I think it is important because this is one of my favorite verses because the sticks is, is John speaking one of his three letters, but he <laughs> said, he said, you know, if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. There's a, there's a link between how we treat people that are right in front of our face and how we love God. We love God by loving those who are in front of us. And I think it's important. It's like everything else. It is very easy to get caught up in the day-to-day grind. And it's very easy to just think, I've got to get this checked off my list. I've got to do this. I've got to check this off my list. Oh, my gosh. I don't have enough time to be dealing with this problem, which wasn't on my list, but now is like front and center. And it's messing with everything that's I had planned. And when we look at this and, it's, and, and say, just like in Matthew 25, when he at the last judgment, I think John's saying the same thing here. That the way we love God is by loving those people who we see at that moment. That that could be your child. It could be your spouse. It could be your friend. It could be a person you just bump into, you know, in, in your office. You know, you, that's how you love him, by loving that person. And how do you love that person? It may just be an encouraging word. It, it could be just a... Smile. Smile. You know, it could be, be the only one that smiled at them today. Yeah, there's a movie I know with I had Matthew McConaughey, I'm not, not suggesting it, but he, where he's hearing the what's going on in people's minds. He can hear he can hear what they're saying and and, and there's a girl who's a, who's about to commit suicide. I mean she's going home to commit suicide and and she's like, you know, they they won't even recognize me. I mean, I walk by, nobody even says hi to me. You know, and, and I think there's probably a lot to be said that that's going on through a lot of people's minds. So just a kind word. Uh, well, especially, how are you doing? I think, in these last, you know, yes. this last almost two years of this pandemic and, you know, and the isolation. And, you know, um, I just think, especially with our children, I, I was actually just talking to my sister this morning um, about this, is that I don't think that any of us have really um, unpacked or even understand the impact that all of this has had on our kids. They are dealing with something that, I mean, we, you know, I've never dealt with something this, this big, you know? Right. And so it's truly, um, I, I think those little bitty things, that smile, that, you know, that gesture. I mean, we, we've, you know, been told not to touch and we can't see people's faces. And I, I mean, you know, it, it's just been, it, it's been a lot. Yeah, it's, and, I mean, it's in some sense kind of a little dehumanizing, I guess, because you don't see the the smile. You don't see the tears as easily. You don't see the, right. and you're not around as many. I think it was one of the coolest things about, I, I was reading one of Grayson's um applications and it was talking about how it had impacted him and he was saying he will never take for granted being together in a room with friends as mm. opposed to over a computer I mean that that that, that mm. was something that he took for granted and now he knows that's I mean that's not something to take for granted to be able to hang out with friends just sitting in a house somewhere mm-hmm. and um, that's a great thing to know so there can again out of these things we can right take and 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 show hey we're meant for that and that's why it bothers us but that's also how we come to know that that's something that we need to really appreciate when we have it you know 
mm-hmm. now that we've had it taken from us mm-hmm. to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think we can learn a lot from, um, I kind of went through the the um, gospel from Mark a couple of weeks ago, t- the ten forty six to 52. We had a great priest. Um, we happened to be in Louisiana, unpacked that gospel for us. And I mean, I think that, you know, at the end, Bartimaeus, I mean, what did he, he, I mean, he said, I want to see, but like, what do we want to see? Like, we really need to all be begging Jesus, master. I want to see, I want to see what you love. I want to see what you see in this person. I want to see what you see in this circumstance, you know? Um, and, and I mean, that's asking for a virtuous life to be, you well, know, the prayer, the prayer that I used to say with the kids was when we go to class, I said, Lord, let me be you to others and grant me the grace to see you in others. And I think that's a, I think that's a great prayer to pray because yeah, totally. you do want to see, you don't want to miss him. Mm-hmm. We miss him all the time. I know I probably missed him multiple times today. I know I have, but we have to ask for it. And it's mm-hmm. a struggle. It's a battle mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. for guys that raise in their boys. I told those kids, that's why I got them so fired up. I'm like, this is, you're, you're, you're meant to be in a dadgum battle and you're in the battle right now. Spirituality is not some fluffy thing. It is a battle that you're in and you're meant to be in it. So don't shove it off as being something less than that. I mean, go fight the battle that you're in. Part of that battle is seeing him when you don't want to see him or when it's inconvenient Mm -hmm. and then responding appropriately when it's not the easiest thing to do. Or not the thing that I want to do, mm-hmm. to or do it anyway. Like doing, mm-hmm. That's virtue right. in the moment, to choose that good. Anyway. Right. right. So um, our quote, I have to say that I love because I left this with the girls and, and I'm, I, I don't know where I got it from. I'm going to have to, it, it's written in the front of my Bible. And so it was based off of, I can say that it was, part of it was taken from Revelation 21.5, but um I'm so sorry, whoever, because I know I didn't coin this. (laughs) Um, So I was reading something and thought it was great and wrote it down and forgot to give the account to someone. But it says, commit yourself to a tireless pursuit of holy newness in Christ who makes all things new. Hmm. So, yeah, I wish I wish I knew. Commit yourself to a tireless. And it is. It's, you know, weary, but a tireless pursuit of holy newness in Christ who makes all things new. So remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And he always will. Always will. Pray for us. We're praying for you. God bless. God bless.